Hi guys, welcome to the brand new podcast, Divorce, What I Wish My Parents Knew. My name is Grace Casper and I will be your host on this journey. I am currently 23 years old, I'm a child of divorce, and I'm writing a book on divorce from the kid's perspective. Did you know that there are plenty of resources out there on divorce, but practically all of them are written by psychiatrists, doctors, other adults that have been through divorce, but I haven't seen very many written by the actual kids. This is really unfortunate because there are a lot of divorces that happen, which include the kids. I want to share this letter with you that I will be reading at the beginning of every episode to remind you that you are not alone. Dear parents, divorce was not in your life plan. No one anticipates getting a divorce. It completely turns your world upside down and forces you to create new rhythms without your life partner. You might have regret or anger or feel a sense of freedom. Either way, there is hope. If you're listening to this podcast, this probably means that you have kids. And if anything good came from your marriage, it was your kids. So as you listen to what these children of divorce have to say, I challenge you to listen before becoming defensive, to be humble and open-minded, to take notes and even share or digest these suggestions with your friends. You are not alone in this journey. Unfortunately, the divorce rate is rising and more and more families are choosing this path, but it's up to you on how you want to create your new family. You could choose to create a healthy one that actively seeks out wholeness and healing, or you could stand still and create a dysfunctional one that stays mad at how things have turned out and never seeking healing. But something tells me that you're seeking the first option. Are you ready to be taught by a child of divorce? Let's do this. Hi guys, welcome back to Divorce, What I Wish My Parents Knew. I'm your host, Grace Casper, and today I'm joined with my friend, David. Hello. (laughs) So long story short, David and I are in person and we're recording this on his phone because I forgot my microphone in Waco. Uh, We're here together for a friend's wedding and um, we decided to do this podcast in person rather than over Zoom, but unfortunately... I forgot my mic, so it'd be like that sometimes. It does. It do. It do. (laughs) Uh, So, David, give us your divorce stats. My divorce stats are my parents divorced when I was 12 or 13. I don't know which year it was, but around that time of my life. Mm -hmm. My dad has remarried. He remarried a girl 20 years his junior, um, which is interesting and something we'll probably talk about, honestly. And my mom has not remarried. She hasn't even dated once since the divorce happened, which was like over 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And um, the last question was... Like your relationship with them. Do you talk to both of them still? Yes. I actually still live with my mom, but I go between the houses as often as I can just to see my dad as well. So there's, that's still part of my life is driving between houses, uh, mom and dad. And I'm 23 years old, so... Yeah. yeah. That's so wild. <laughs> yeah. So growing up, um, did you guys have like joint custody? Were you there, you know, half of the week, the other half of the week? What was it? Yeah, honestly, it's very, it was fluid in the sense that my dad is a physician and he just works like, he's a workaholic kind of guy. And um, whenever he just had time to pick me up or take me, uh, he would. And so and every, every other weekend, I believe it was that he'd get me as well. But really, it was just whenever schedule allowed. So yeah. um, my mom was really flexible with him as far as that goes. And I think 
So I lived with her like about 75% of the time. Mm-hmm. And my dad was whenever he could besides that. And some structure on weekends, you know. So, um, and then there was this period, two years, where I went to school in his district where he lived instead of where my mom lived. And so I went with, uh, with him every weeknight. So he'd pick me up at like oh, 11, 30, 12 after work and just take me. And I'd have to go to school with him in the morning. Oh yeah. my gosh. Was that weird? Mm, it wasn't weird, uh, really. It was expected. I don't know. I was used to it. But the one bummer was just the way it affected my schedule yeah. as far as like, being able to do like sports and things and especially swimming. I think about it a lot. Like I wasn't able to partake in those activities just because of that. Mm. Like, I had to take the bus home because my mom lived further away. And so that kind of practical, logistical stuff that yeah. I didn't realize till recently is like just kind of a bummer. You know, I wish it hadn't been like that for that reason. I could have invested more in other things. So. Right. So a lot of conversations I've had with people was like divorce kind of seemed like the normal. But because it happened to you at kind of a crucial age, like 13, your teen years, your kind of preteen years, did you feel like you knew what was happening when your parents were like, we're getting a divorce? Or were you like, what does this mean for me? I'm just going to kind of see what this looks like like Mm. I don't know what was the process of really comprehending what divorce meant for you and your family yeah I I was pretty clueless I still am but as especially (laughs) as a kid I was very clueless there was this one instance where I might have been like eight or nine and I was still sleeping at the foot of my parents bed at night sometimes Mm -hmm. when um yeah and just one night I was there laying on the feet of their bed and you know, all crinkled up, and my dad and mom were talking, and I, like, woke up to them talking, and my mom was asking my dad about, you know, other women and things like that, and that was, like, the first time where I was, like, keen enough to realize that this marriage is not as healthy, and I'm sure, and I can't remember, but there's, like, instances of, like, screaming at times, but it was that moment where I was, like, okay, yo, you know, even nine-year-old me was, like, that's not right, you know, that's probably not normal in a a marriage of that sort, and so honestly, I think the divorce happened 12, 13, but separation happened probably a little bit earlier, like maybe even 11. And mm. it's so funny. I heard another divorce story recently, actually, and it was the same thing. They, they just didn't know what year it was in 11, 12, 13. That so t- blended. So, yeah, so blended. So it was around that time, the separation, the divorce, and just leading up to it, there was distance for sure. And just that yeah. uh, workaholicism, I guess, that my dad kind of just carried with him from, honestly, since I was a young kid, mm-hmm. uh, was just like... So, yeah. Um, Did it feel that... It probably didn't feel that much different not seeing him due to the divorce because you were originally not seeing him that much. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Um, Yeah, as far as I remember, yeah, he was not around for, like, the, you know, the childhood things, like sports games or anything of that nature. It was just... um, I'd see him at home at times. He really did work a lot. And the more I think about it, just the more I realize he did. So, yeah. yeah. Um, So... You said that your dad got remarried. What was that like for you watching your dad start to date another person that was not your mom? Like, that's Mm. so... I remember experiencing that with my dad, and it's just such a weird... I don't know. I want to hear your perspective. Yeah. Grace, you and I are very similar in a lot of ways, as we figured out over our friendship the last five or six years. (laughs) And... One thing I am is just, like, very malleable, and I have this, like, naivete to me that is just, I kind of, 
want to see the best in people or I just like make myself oblivious to the worst of people mm-hmm. and so that's what the worst that was the case with my dad was just um like honestly like being super if he doesn't hear this but just like he did like cheat on my mom and this is something I want to talk about a little later but um yeah he did and just like still it's my dad you know so I can't like not just like love him you know as and long for his affection either mm-hmm. and so even when he like you know, they divorced, and my, they separated, and then my dad started dating this woman, and she moved in, like, and my worldview is, like, you know, don't cohabitate, so when they did that, like, I just want to be, like, you know, I just want to be, no, 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 but <laughs> I don't know, I just, like, very malleable, and just, like, okay, honestly, he does whatever he wants, he's an adult, and so that's kind of my posture the whole time, which is, like, he's an adult, I won't do that when I'm an adult, but he's kind of doing what he wants to do, and he kind of has the right to, you know, yeah. so... Wow. Did I feel a certain way? I believe so, and I think it wasn't ideal. There were times, but also, like, I more wanted to, you know, be kind to the woman, or I don't know, I want her to like me. Just that was my personality. I just wanted to be everyone to like me and no drama. So, (laughs) yeah, David's very no drama. (laughs) Whatever I had to do to do that, which um, I guess I wouldn't have changed that because. It allowed me to just, like, coast a little more than just, like, if I were to cause conflict and sure. wish for conflict or whatnot with the new lady. So, sure. and that they broke up uh, at some point, and my dad started dating another woman who he's married to now. And um, so she's, that happened in 2017. Now, at that point, I was, like, 17, 18, so I had a little more of, like, my bearings were on, my sea legs. So, uh, I was, and I was also leaving the house. So it was weird, and it still is, because she's a lot younger than him. She's, like, closer to my age than his age. Um, I love my dad, by the way, if he ever hears this. Um, I love him. But, um, yeah, so that still is weird, honestly. And I don't think it ever cannot be. But um, it's one of those things, you know, like, I just can vow to never do those things myself. But my, it's, that's what family is, yeah. you know. What, do you think you relate to... Um uh, how do I say this? So one thing that my parents did was my mom would sometimes talk poorly about my dad and she was correct in saying certain things. Cause it's like, yes, he did do that to you. You know what I mean? However, you can't divorce your dad. He'll always be your dad. Kind of what you were saying of like, yeah, he did do this, but, like, I still long for his affection. Yeah. Like, he, you can't divorce your dad, nor would you want to, because he's your dad. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what he's done. I've even talked to friends whose dads are estranged from them, and they're drug addicts, and they still crave their father's affection. Yeah, absolutely. So I think everyone has that kind of imprint on them of, like, wanting their father's affection, mm-hmm. despite the type of character or person that they are. Yeah. So what what does that look like for you? Did your mom ever speak poorly about him? And was that hard to draw a boundary there? Or just kind of expand on that? Yeah, this is this is the best question you've ever asked. Because this is like, <laughs> that's like literally the only thing I kind of came into this wanting to talk about was the way my mom handled the whole thing. So major props, hostess of the year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this is the thing. Like I say to you right now, I can come on this podcast and say, like my dad cheated on my mom. But... I, that's not 100% sure because my mom never, she never was like, yeah, he cheated on me. Like, he never, she never did that. You know, like, she kept it. And, like, I can come here, like, 99% sure, 99.9% sure, but just, like, I don't know for sure, for sure. Because my mom would, like, never be explicit about the things that she did, that he did or the ways that he treated her wrongly. Mm. But he will, she will, like, reference things about my dad's character often, honestly, that 
she does not want to see in us. Mm. But that's the extent of it. It's just like she just is so passionate about not having us go down that route because that's biology, right? I have parts of me that are from my father, like genetically. And so she'll be like, that's your dad. Your dad does that. You know, like don't do that (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) Um, So she's not like his number one fan by any means. But she like, she did an amazing job of, uh, just like maintaining that relationship for our sake, right? That's really and not, cool. not just like tarnishing his name every chance she got, you know, mm-hmm. which is just so much props to her. And my dad knew he had no right to talk about my mom any, in any way, right? Like, never, never, never. So that helped so much in just being able to, you know, as best as we could, just like navigate going between the two. And, you know, right now, I, like, again, like, I have a I care about my father so much, love my mother, and her and I are really tight um, in a more like intimate way than even my dad and I are. But, yeah, it, I'm able to have a relationship with both of them, and that's like a really thing I think I cherish a lot. So, I love that. Um, are there any other parts of your story or your divorce story that you want to share, um, specifically leaning towards advice that you would give parents that are experiencing divorce right now with kids and things that you would say don't do this or yes do this you've already hinted towards one by saying you know don't speak poorly about the other parent Mm -hmm. because that's still their parent Mm -hmm. yeah and I'm sure there are times where that's you know necessary or inevitable or just yeah unavoidable. abuse like I'll tell my listeners abuse is a whole nother thing if the other ex is abusive that's a different thing. Like, you're allowed to warn your kids about certain things. And if that person's not safe, that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. But I think David and I are mainly talking about just strife between the two. Mm-hmm. And that shouldn't go on to the kids. Yeah. And in my case, that's infidelity, right? And that's as extreme as it gets before abuse, I'd say, right? Mm-hmm. And um, still, my mom kind of maintained that for us. And that's just... That's crazy. In the long run, that's been, you know, that's been a blessing for sure. And yeah. so, I think... I can't think of anything so just obvious, but I I feel as if maybe on both sides, the hope was just that things were going to change so much, maybe because of the marriage before the divorce happened, where it was like, you know, so much does change. And there's so many things that are going to result as or from the divorce for mm-hmm. the kids. So things will never be able to be 100% like, as it would be with a healthy, happy marriage. So I guess just making that plain or clear and just like just making that aware making that making the child aware that you know things might be different that there's a disadvantage to what's going on and you know that's that's okay I guess what I'm coming at is that I was thinking about you know privilege is a hot topic these days but I was just like just (laughs) lamenting all of the things that divorce you know caused. I couldn't commit to swimming all the time I could have been like the best swimmer ever you know or just like going down (laughs) these trains of thought and just thinking like man if only they didn't get divorced and then thinking about I work with kids in the inner city who are just like broken homes is a common factor right and just kind of understanding that they are suffering at home their home lives are just broken and yeah, what I'm trying to say is just addressing that. That's going to be different. There are disadvantages to the, the, the divorce. It was not just rosy. It's not two Christmases and two birthdays. You know, that's right. that doesn't amend just the, the complexity of it all. So just making that aware to your kid and just coming alongside them as they navigate all of this might come in handy. I don't know. I hadn't experienced that myself, but I'm just uh, going on a whim there that like... 
I feel, That'd be helpful, huh? Yeah, I feel like um, from listening to other children divorce, the a big topic that I've heard is like just craving parents to be really honest with them, mm-hmm. not being like, "Mommy and Daddy are getting a divorce," and you know what? It's gonna be great, mm-hmm. and like, don't worry, you're gonna get two Christmases. It'll be awesome. Like, just being honest of like, yeah, mom and dad are getting a divorce. This is gonna be hard. This is gonna suck. It's gonna be a lot of tears. And we're going to get through it together, though, because you have two parents that still love you mm-hmm. very, very deeply. We just yeah. can't be together anymore, you know? Yeah. And I think people, and even at a young age, children craved that honesty. I think parents are afraid of destroying their children's innocence. But it's like, I'm sorry, you kind of already have. Yeah. No. So you might as well just rip off the full band-aid and be honest about what the process is going to do, which is, it's going to be really hard, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, you said that so much better than I just did, and that's exactly no. right. No, 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 literally, that's exactly what I'm trying to get at, and that's so true. And it's funny because, again, 23-year-old living at home, but both homes, and because I still, like, want to maintain that relationship with my dad, who lives 40 minutes away from my mom, and so I go there, you know, twice a week, maybe three times a week, just because, you know, I love him, and I want to know that, and, but there are times where I'd feel guilty for not seeing him, you know? Oh. And, and I feel like the, no, feel the guilt... Feel the guilt, and then it wasn't until like really recently, like last couple months, where I'm just like, you know, had a lot to do, a lot going on. I'm in, you know, graduate school. I gotta do my things. I'm like, I still gotta go to my dad's house, and then realizing, you know, and again, I hate this kind of talk and this like self-centric talk, but just like, I didn't get the divorce, you know, so I just can't make it. I just can't, and it's not my fault, unfortunately, you know, and that's the thing that the parent has to live as a consequence of their decision is, and for the rest of their lives, you know, so things. Yeah, nothing's ever the same post-divorce, unfortunately. And in a lot of ways, I'm grateful because I was stretched and strengthened because of that conflict. Otherwise, I'd have this rosiest life ever. So there's, <laughs> there's, I have so much gratitude for the ways that just, um, you know, I was strengthened in those ways. But again, there's inevitably disadvantages and it's good to address them, like you said. Just be honest and... Another yeah. thing I'm hearing from you saying that is like not... Parents not putting the pressure of loving the parent equally on the child. Like, children, it's not up to the children to see mom and dad equally. And they naturally want to, I've heard so many kids say this, that they wanted to people please or make sure Mm -hmm. mom was okay, make sure dad was okay. And they ended up almost like parenting their own parents. Mm -hmm. Because they're like, oh, mom and dad aren't doing well because they're brokenhearted from this divorce. I'll help them. Like, (laughs) I want them to know that they're loved. I really care for them. So then they took on the burden of the divorce and were yeah. like, okay, I got to make sure mom's okay. I got to make sure dad's okay. I'm splitting my time equally. But as a parent, really taking that load off of them and saying like, no, this is not your job. Mm-hmm. Me and your dad chose us for a reason and we'll make sure to have the time equal with you guys in whatever way that means. You know, it could be every other weekend or however it ends up working out. It may not be logistically even but whatever even looks like for your family but not putting that pressure on the child to balance that that's great because practically it looks like i go home to my mom's house i do the chores i do the things i need to do i hang out with her for hours and you know i'm feeling like i've given of myself and then my mom might feel good you know the quality time has been met then my dad hasn't seen me at all for four days so i gotta go 
do that again and it's just like double for me and for like half as good for both parents right yeah. like they receive only half of us and we've given double of ourselves so it's just oh wow that's yeah a good way to say that, that's dude. i feel that all the time literally just like living at home still is just like it's tough in that sense so yeah, yeah. I, it's funny david i don't know if you felt this way i interviewed another girl and she said she felt freedom coming to college and thinking wow mm. i only need to care for me <laughs> and mm-hmm. i was like wow it's so funny because a lot of kids when they go to college they're like nervous because like how do i take just care for myself yeah but kids who've been through divorce i feel like they're like wow i only have to care for myself (laughs) yeah i heard a story about you once when you were just you're packing to go somewhere and you were so used to packing it's like for a weekend or whatnot oh yeah like five minutes i can pack so yeah it's like a skill it was crazy just going to college and in the span of two days i realized this has changed everything for me like my, my time my attention my energy can be poured into like one area of specificity right and uh-huh. just instead of the the two and then the two spread out to like multiple just because of their friends friends or whatnot just two right. different lives right. got to be converged so that's yeah good. um well as we wrap things up here i just want to ask do you have anything else that you would want to um say as an encouragement to parents that are walking through divorce because we have a lot of parents that listen to this show who are really genuinely seeking for their kids to have the most like positive experience Mm -hmm. from this heartbreak. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are like very kind hearted, genuine parents seeking this. And so what would you encourage them with? Obviously David, like I know you as a friend and you're one of the coolest people I've ever met. And so I think, I don't know if you'd be this cool without the divorce happening to you, to be honest, like you have so much depth to you. So, um, that's a piece of hope that I give parents is honestly your kids are going to be marked by this moment, mm-hmm. but they'll grow in a way that will be honestly beneficial to them if you if you build them up in that way. Yeah, I know. You nailed it. It's like the heart. We wanted to be empathetic people, right? And I would have been so detached from so much of who I am now, you know, and I can't separate the divorce from who I am, but I'm so grateful that I get to be empathetic and I connect with so, you know, what's the divorce rate right now, right? It's up in the high fifties, right? But because of that, I get to connect with people in a deeper way, like you and I even, and uh, my friend Elias too. And so just, yeah, it's not hopeless. It's not game over for a, you know, products of divorce, right? I'm looking at you too and think likewise and just, it's far from hopeless. You can raise a wonderful kid, and in so many ways, they'll be strengthened by this experience, and you can also come alongside them. You know, there's not just the divorce happened and everyone's screwed, right? So you can amend so much just by loving and things that you just said right now, like taking loads off of these kids and encouraging them to still pursue their passions, um, even with those time uh, separations or constraints or whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's far from hopeless. So far from hopeless. And, yeah, thankfully there are resources like this that you can come alongside with and learn about. And, yeah. Oh, well, thank you, David. No, oh, my pleasure. You were super honest during this 20-minute uh, shebang. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm just really grateful for you and being willing to share your story on this that was really Mm. great of you yeah i wish we had your mic but uh it'll do i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's okay this voice memo will be great i'm glad we got to do it in person me too 
Parents, okay. goodbye. <laughs> is, that, is that your outro? Uh, sure. Parents, <laughs> just a reminder, if you're not following me on Instagram yet, you can follow me at grace underscore underscore Casper. And then also be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast and give it a review if you enjoyed or felt like you got something from it. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. See ya.